Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. NBC Sports, Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Atlanta Sports Guys here on the Chase Thomas podcast. Where I'm still the aforementioned Chase. I'm coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything School HQ. Fresh off a Super Bowl victory, according to Spencer Rattler over the weekend. So shout out to those Tennessee Volunteers making the most of their Super Bowl at home with me in the building against those South Carolina Gamecocks. But we will not be talking about this on this very program because unfortunately the back half of my weekend included a 930 kick East Coast time uh, between the Atlanta Falcons and the Jacksonville Jaguars. To recap um, what we could call a massacre, an embarrassment. Uh, across the pond, Max Markovic, Padea Python is here. Max, good evening, sir. How are you? Recovering, uh, recovering from that whatever we watched thirty six hours ago, or uh, was it thirty six? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm okay. I'm ready to talk Falcons. <laughs> He's okay. Like, that... We've been in a podcast in two weeks, and mm. the vibe is just going to be like night and day from that podcast. And I'm almost embarrassed of whatever was said two weeks ago. I'm actually replaying it uh, as the cold open here is all of Max's takes uh, from the first two weeks of this very show uh, this season, just to add a refresher because Max was it. Uh, Nobody else in this very program were optimistic about where the Falcons were headed after their 2-0 start. Not not a one outside of Max Markovich, and I can't be any more clear on that front. Um, Also here, 99, the game's Garrett Chapman. Garrett, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm okay. I just don't know whether or not it was worse watching Desmond Ritter throw pick sixes in real time or on the Toy Story broadcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one was worse. So, <laughs> uh, still trying to get over this. Uh, we had a, a good group therapy line on uh, on Sunday night with the, or Sunday afternoon rather, I guess, since it was a 9:30 kick. They made us wake up early for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we had Falcons fly over on 19 on the game. 
after the game and we had packed phone lines and we all talked about it. We talked through it. And uh, I think we're, 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 we grew a little bit. I give, I think it was a uh, good for the, good for the soul, you know, just to really get everything out on the table. And I guess we're going to do it again. So lots to talk about lots, lots of not very good things to talk about, but you know what? There, there's room for optimism and I'm going to cling to that like a life raft in the middle of the ocean. There you go. Well, there two opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm in the middle, I guess, which makes this podcast very good because uh, I can. Uh, I'm usually one or the other, but right now I'm straddling both sides of the aisle here uh, between uh, what I think of the Falcons and what things are where things are headed versus uh, the positive approach. But Max and Garrett, it seems like are on different wavelengths here. So let's start. Max, you're just bursting at the seams here because I can just see you for the good folks over on youtube.com slash chase Thomas podcast. Max Markovich is so riled up because he worked out before he came on this podcast and the Falcons have driven him to, uh, I mean, absolute madness here. They don't call him Mad Max for nothing. So Max, your biggest sport, like if you're on 99 the game this morning doing the morning drive, you're leading with this for the Atlanta Falcons following yesterday. What are you leading it with? Okay, I'm actually going to lead it with last year. I'm going to mm. lead it with last year. I'm going to say the the, the mis- main mistake that Arthur Smith made was waiting too long to go from Mariota to Ritter last year. Hmm. I, if, 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 if we had had two months even instead of one month of Ritter last year, um, and we were saying this last year, so this isn't even like something – that is revisionist. Like we all were saying it's time to see what, what there is with Ritter because you have to know going into this year, what you have with Desmond Ritter. Mm. I, I, I can't say for certain that he wouldn't have picked him as the starter this year, but I, I, uh, let's just say that if he looked like at the end of last year, um, for two months, what he looks like this year, I can't imagine they would have gone into the year with him as the starting quarterback. And, uh, we all thought it was sensible for him to be the, the starter this year um i think it was a mistake like he's the worst quarterback in the nfl uh i don't even i I don't think that's that i don't think it's controversial at all actually um i think i'll say say all that uh that graph that pff makes every week that's like pff score on one axis and then like um epa per play on the other axis and desmond ritter's in his own like neighborhood it's like desmond ritter and like Bryce Young's kind of like can see him from the this a couple streets over. Then mm. it's like everyone else. Yeah, I mean the lead is like a team that has a potent, the potential to be a good football team is being handicapped by the fact that they have the worst quarterback in the NFL, and that's that's it. Like I, I don't, it, you know, I think we all think the defense is even better than we thought, and we thought that the the defense would be improved. I think it's an average to even maybe slightly above average defense. Um, I think Jesse Bates is freaking awesome. That guy's so good. Mm. Um, and the offense, like, sure, the offensive line has been a bit, been a bit of a letdown. Um, I think we all maybe convinced ourselves on this offensive line because we didn't have a drop back passing game last year at all. Um, it was run or play action, uh, that was it. And this year we wanted to be more balanced and have more of a drop back passing game as a normal NFL team should. And the quarterback is incapable of it. And I think that that exposes some weaknesses along the line. Um, It's the weakest schedule in the league going forward, but I also think like when you look at it now with the way that the offense has played um, and the way that Ritter's played, like all of them are losable too. You know, we could say they're all winnable. They are, but they're all losable. Like I'm not picking the the Falcons to beat Houston this weekend. Houston just wrecked uh, the Steelers. Like CJ Stroud looks legit. Um, And, you know, I don't know. I just think like the cardinal sin of this Desmond Ritter thing not working out is it starts last year, um, and and I worry that 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 they're going to make that same mistake. This team could still win the division. Um, like I don't, they could be bad and win the division. The Saints look like a mess. I'm not going to buy into this Tampa thing being super real yet. Um, and Carolina's probably you know with Chicago the worst team in the league. Mm. So. And Denver, geez, Denver sucks. Um, but it starts last year, and I worry that it's going to trickle over this year of of being too slow on the trigger with the quarterback and maybe being a little bit stubborn. That's that's my lead. I hadn't considered the 
I, I the Mariota factor here and going for as long as they did with Mariota, um, especially because Dez was a multi-year starter, got a bunch of wood to the college level. It wasn't like a Trey Lance situation where he didn't have a lot of football um, before he got into the league. It's it is a something that. In retrospect, I wonder if even if you gave Arthur Smith true serum, that if he could do it all over again, he would have done that so that he would have gotten a better track record. I feel like Terry Fontenot for sure would have preferred uh, to know what they had in Desmond Ritter before they rolled him out this year. Uh, Garrett, do you share that as your lead in for today or do you have a different one you uh, you would go with? Uh, I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can take this. I, I don't lay this completely at the feet of Desmond Ritter. I think there are a lot of factors involved in this. Um, you got to get him some protection. He's been sacked 11 times in the last two games. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, Matt Ryan, we know, we all know what Matt Ryan was. Um, and we know what Matt Ryan was when he didn't have proper protection. He just wasn't. He was an average quarterback. He was a very good quarterback who was mitigated to just average status whenever he didn't have a, a legitimate, like any level of pass protection. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes a truly exemplary quarterback to look good when he has somebody sitting in his lap seconds into his snap, you know, that said, he hasn't been good. Um, I mean, he hasn't even been even close to good. Like Max, you talked about the PFF grades or whatever. And like, yeah, that's, that's true. It's like, he, he just hasn't been good enough, you know, and I'm still at that relaxed stage. Just wait and see. We have a long way to go. It's week four. Um, and this seems two and two. You know, so everything is still in front of this team. Now, if we had lost weeks one or two or both, God forbid, um, I'd be hitting the panic button because you start 0 and 4, and that's or 1 and 3, and that completely that's a, that's an anchor to a season. But that's not how it happened. You know, it's it if if I had told you week five, you're gonna be entering week five two and two, I guarantee you both of you guys would have taken that. Um, we talked about it on this podcast that how mm-hmm. we were both to take it, right? It's just I think the way that it happened, he looked good in spurts. And then these last two games, he's looked terrible, truly terrible. And there's no really no way around that. Um, he's looked bad. But I've also seen the flashes. And that's why I'm kind of on the fence um, on Desmond Ritter just in general because he's he started eight games. You know, it's like Matt Ryan had terrible spurts his rookie year. I mean, he had, what, 11 interceptions in, six, in a six-game spread at one point his rookie year. And then he looked terrible his, his sophomore year. You know, so – these sorts of things take some time and I just have to trust the process because that's just where we are right now. Now, what is his ceiling? Is it game manager? I don't know. Um, he hasn't looked like a game manager in these last two, in the last two starts, you know? So it's like, if you're bringing in a guy to be a game manager, I don't really like that in the NFL just in general. I like, I'm fine with it this year because that's where we were as a team. But if you're also going to be a game manager, you sure as hell better ace the managerial part. And as of right now, he's not doing that. You, be- you better manage the game. I mean, mm-hmm. like the thing is, like not not everyone who is the let's say Desmond Ritter was the 22nd best quarterback in the league. Not everyone who's the 22nd best quarterback in the league is a game manager. Like if I, I think if they they threw in Taylor Heineke right now, like and Taylor Heineke has led teams to the playoffs. He's played in a playoff game. Even at his best, he is not a game manager. Like he's a slinger, and he's going to make some mistakes too. And it, they all they like they need him to be a game manager. And right now, what's killing them is the lack of of management. Like these backbreaking mistakes, the pick six followed by a horrible pick. They could have won that game yesterday. Yeah, they could have. They could have won that game yesterday, and he didn't give them a chance to. And I think like not everyone who's like a mediocre quarterback is a game manager, you know. And I think that is what they need. I will say on the sacks part, and like, I think there are some problems along the offensive line. Sacks isn't I, that can be a quarterback stat too sometimes, and you know there are a couple clips going around from me. I, now I'm not gonna sound like I grinded the all twenty two or whatever, but like Dez can walk his way into sacks sometimes where it's not needed. He bails pockets really quickly. There was one play that I remember specifically, the first down play where the pocket was clean and he just bailed straight ahead, barreled ahead. And that counts as a sack. So you're right. The fault is spread. Sacks alone don't always take the fault away from the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the offensive line has to be better too. Um, I just think like 
man, he didn't give him a chance yesterday. And like, yeah, we're all, we're begging for a game manager. We are dying for a game manager. Um, Jacoby Brissett would be awesome. You know, like, like someone who is just not going to kill you. And I agree the first two weeks, like he showed some flashes. The first halves of those games, he was pretty terrible too. Like mm. the Green Bay game in particular, like we remember there were some like easy drops. There were two easy dropped interceptions. Um, mm. If Jair Alexander, I think he was the one who dropped one of them. If he takes that pick and runs it back, like we're having a similar conversation that week. And I, I, I it's not the like, you know, inconsistency or like, oh, he's checking the ball down too much or like, oh, he missed pits deep. You know, like we can live with those things. It's the like horrible, horrible, horrible decisions. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with game manager. Like Joe Milton's a game manager right now for Tennessee. Like he's driving the engine. They're four and one. He had a couple picks Saturday night, but like by and large, he has strong command of the offense. He does exactly what he needs to do uh, to get this team moving uh, more often than not. The offensive line's healthy uh, with Cooper back and company. But I think with the Falcons, it's interesting. Y'all want a game manager so much where I think, I don't think that is actually really what they need. I and mean, part of the reason I think you need Taylor Heineke more than Desmond Ritter right now is because De- <laughs> there's not a lot of talent. Like Johnny Smith is out snapping Kyle Pitts significantly this week and Johnny was okay. But like Drake London um, is I it's just, he's not really a factor uh, in that regard. And B. John Robinson can only do so much. And he's actually been really bad in pass pro uh, to this point. And he's a rookie. Maybe he'll get better. But like, if you have a bad offensive line, if you have uh, a limited wide receiver core that the Falcons have that we talked about coming into the year, I don't think they have the talent to have a game manager at quarterback. I actually think they have to go the other way where you need someone who can do things out of outside of structure. You need someone who can um, make plays with their legs, who can find a way to get to Kyle Pitts when things break down, to force feed Drake London, to throw it up to Matt Collins when he's just got uh, size on somebody. Like, I think for me, it's the opposite. <laughs> when Dez isn't even do it, like he, the back-to-back picks were just back-breaking, but I think you need someone who just kind of operates outside of structure because you're only doing two wide out sets so much and you're just kind of playing this ground and pound and most defenses know exactly what the Falcons are going to throw at them week in, week out. I think they would benefit from somebody like Kyler, somebody like, oh, I don't know, a Lamar Jackson uh, this offseason who does stuff outside of structure to maximize the skill position guys that you have. Because I don't think it's as simple as you get a game manager mac jones like mac jones i think would have the same kind of problems that desmond ritter's having right now in this in this system and with the talent around them i think you need someone who actually does a whole lot of different things and um that's probably taylor heineke who we've seen run around and do stuff with his legs that uh make plays happen that he did it in washington a year ago i he's not the long-term answer either and we also know NFL teams don't make these kind of franchise altering quarterback trades in the middle of the year. Like these are your two options. And once you pull the Ritter plug, it's over. The confidence is gone. That's over. You can't go back to Ritter. Like the guy's already uh, just going through it uh, right now with the last two weeks. If you're Arthur Smith, and I'm sure he knows this, you better be dang sure it's not Desmond Ritter and that he is the worst quarterback in the NFC at the very least before you go to Taylor Heineke, because I don't think you can go back to Redder at that point. But can we say, sorry, I just want to chime in really quick, because Gary, you made a point about um about Matt Ryan and like young quarterbacks and it being his eighth start. Like Whether it's fair or not, and I think it is fair, certain guys in the league get the benefit of the doubt in a longer leash than others. And the default assumption for a third-round quarterback is not that he's going to be good. The default assumption is that he's not going to be good. And so... The, yeah, the leash on number three overall pick Matt Ryan is going to be longer than the leash on third rounder Desmond Ritter. And that's because the history of the league tells you that a guy like Desmond Ritter is not an NFL starter. And I was cool with him being the starter this year. I was actually pretty encouraged by what some of what we saw at the end of last year. Um, but when you, you know, if you can win the division with an average quarterback and you think you have an average quarterback as your backup, what you're getting is not average. And I, I'm, I agree. Like it probably ruins his confidence, but this is the NFL. Like 
I don't know. For Arthur Smith, it's like this could be your, you know, I don't. I'm changing his career on this decision. For sure. Yeah. But at least his career in Atlanta. I don't envy the decision. It's a lot easier to be like on Twitter being like, yeah, pull him. He sucks. But that's how the NFL. You also went with Mariota for way too long. This is kind of on you, Arthur. Like you kind of made your bed. Question my my question that I was going to ask it was like hey if he was if he wasn't a third round draft pick would you would we have a different we'd be having a different conversation absolutely we would be having a completely different conversation but at the same time it's like this is just the dude we drafted you know mm-hmm. I mean he's the knock on him is that he's a high floor low ceiling kind of guy that's just what we have and I think we said that all over the summer we the I know we've said it on the station consistently throughout the spring uh, up through the summer months and now through the fall it's a, a, a low ceiling high floor kind of dude and right now we are on that floor and i think we're actually we we're we're doing a little bit worse than that but look this is also far from a finished product this is a guy who who i think he's going to get better but it doesn't make me feel good that it looks like he's regressed in the last two weeks he's he looks like he's lost confidence for whatever reason and i don't know if that's coaching I don't know if that's the fact that he's getting hit. I don't think I don't know if it's a it's a locker room thing. I have no idea what it is. But I know that his teammates are saying the right things. I mean, Johnny Smith, we talked to Johnny Smith after the game. And Johnny Smith said basically he's like he's the same dude when no matter what this the score situation is. Like he has the intangibles. He has the that uh, that knack of like going and finding his guys and like hey, hey, let's go. Let's keep it up. Let's go do the blah blah blah. It's, that's just the dude that he is. So he's got to cheer for, but it's like at some point you got to let the play on the field do some talking, and he hasn't done that. He said all the right things. I think he's a good locker room guy, and he's a guy I want on the team, but he's given me very little reason to be confident in, like that it's going to get better. I, I have to think it is, and uh, it, but I think a lot of it has to do with with coaching. The A lot of these route concepts uh, have been very simple. I, we don't really lack a deep threat outside of Matt Collins, and is Matt Collins really the deep threat that you want to have on this team? Like I know Kyle Pitts has some four four speed, but we haven't seen any of it really. And whenever we see Desmond Ritter unload, he misses the target. So there's no real threat of a downfield option. So t- teams can just sort of sit back and just be on their heels and rally up, make tackles. It's it's just Bijan Robinson looking like a freaking stud. That's all we've had so far offensively. I mean, he looked like an animal. Like there's just like the offense looked bad, and but you put a big asterisk mark because. Bijan Robinson doesn't. Bijan Robinson looks like a, 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 a an all pro type of running back. It's just nobody else in this team got the memo. I, I think there's a there's a the, the simplicity of the the route concepts and things being too fast for Desmond Ritter. Like those things are related. Yeah, you know, like when he came in the beginning of last year, it was training wheels. It was all training wheels, and I think even Arthur Smith basically admitted that, and that's. That's how it should have been. That's how it is. But like, first four games. If it's, yeah. if it's too fast for him right now, with what what you are saying, which is like pretty simple schematic passing game, um, you can't just like throw more shit out there and like suddenly he's going to be you know an all pro quarterback. The re- I, I for like they go empty a lot on like like sh- like third and short or like I don't know why they did you know. That. I know, but what the reason you go empty is because it's just easier for the quarterback to like read if he's making a quick decision. It's like a one level read. That's why teams go empty in those situations. And even that stuff, it's like you don't you don't trust any of it. You don't trust anything. The only thing you trust is like Bijan Robinson to win his his stuff. And like once a game, Drake London's gonna like, you know, jump over somebody and make like a twenty five yard catch. Like that's that's all you can hang your hat on. And it's I don't know. Like no one was complaining about the lack of a like a uh, a like a small speedy receiver in Tennessee when Arthur Smith was cooking up like the third best offense in the league because that's just not it's not what his offenses have been. Um, but Ryan Tannehill was a whole lot better than Desmond Ritter and AJ Brown is a different animal and Derrick Henry. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, your options are Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, and the twenty twenty four NFL draft. Like that's that's what JJ you McCarthy. and <laughs> JJ McCarthy. Well, I mean, we'll see. I'm not um, kidding. The draft is a long way away. It's going to throw more than twelve passes a game. And I don't think Arthur Smith's not going to bench this guy. Arthur Smith has been big on loyalty. 
the entire time he's been here. And I've respected that about him. Um, do or die. He's going to stick by his dudes. And that, but unless, unless Desmond Ritter is just the bottom falls out, which as bad as he's looked, I don't think the bottom's fallen out yet. Like this is not as bad as it can look. Um, which is not very good. But, you know, I'm this is not as bad as it can look. It can definitely look a lot worse than this. That's um, not I've good. Some, no, I've seen some quarterback play where it's it's bad, bad. I mean, we all have. It's the NFL. I mean, like it's going to expose you. I mean, he's but on his unless, way. If he, what I'm saying is, unless we see that happen, he's going to be the starter at least until the end of the most, at least of the bye week, right? Like that's what November 11th. He'll be the starting quarterback from now until then. Ooh. I, I would be unless the bottom drops out. Yeah, I think I disagree. I, I think if you see two more games of what we just saw against Jacksonville, I, I think that's it. I mean, I really do. Like, I don't because he's not a first round pick. I don't think he gets that kind of that kind of long term Justin Fields type. Like, what, uh, what did Marcus Mariota give you that Desmond Ritter didn't? Like, if well, you're in games, like I guess he was winning football games. So it's like at the end of the first of all, like, like there were different expectations last mm-hmm. year. Here. And second of all, like, you know that Taylor Heineke is an NFL quarterback. Mm. Like, last year, like, you did not know what Des- Desmond Ritter as a rookie, that's a different calculation than veteran Taylor Heineke, who's, like, done this. And I don't know. Like, they're going to be in this division race for a while. And, like, unless they're just – everything falls out. And then – That's when you see Taylor Heineke – But I think that defeats the whole purpose of Taylor Heineke. The reason you bring in Taylor Heineke is to prevent the bottom from falling out. And before the season gets off the rails where you're like specifically just about Desmond, I'm not talking about the season. I'm not talking about everything else. I'm talking about Desmond. If he like the bottom falling out is him throwing multiple interceptions and not giving his team a chance to win on top of that, taking, get like taking away the opportunity for the Falcons to win football games. Like if he's making the team actively worse consistently throughout the month of October, He's going to get benched. That's what I mean when I say the bottom falls out. Like I think, I think Max is right though. Where I don't even know if it's two. Like CJ Stroud's a rookie coming in here. Like you get cooked by Houston this week, and right now I lean towards a Houston win. Houston's looked good the last two weeks, and CJ Stroud looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, D'Amico Ryan's is going to win <laughs> Coach of the Year uh, at this rate. Like he is, he is really good right away. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's going to get that much longer because I think the whole point of Taylor Heineke is to prevent this kind of downfall and to make the playoffs. Like, I think Arthur Blank has like a, you better make the playoffs, especially when you look around the division right now. You just can't sell Desmond Ritter at this point. The way he's playing, which is the worst quarterback in football through four weeks. I don't think you can sell it when you have so many other playmakers around the team. And guys know, these are all vets. They all know they they're seeing it they understand what's going on around here uh i still don't know if matt collins was actually mad at uh des but he what he said he wasn't after but i think that was weird because the reason i say i'm i'm still raising an eyebrow about that is i don't think he knew that there was video of him doing it is my gut and then it was one of those uh uh-oh like after the fact where it's like we actually have you on uh on it, it television pretty, it, it's pretty incriminating it's yeah, pretty incriminating. it was when i saw it in real time i said what yeah, was that and then but and there then wasn't even anybody in, in the vicinity right like who what would be the context outside of that i just don't I mean, know he said he was like, speaking passionate or something and mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it just comes out and i don't buy that shit. he just didn't he didn't know that he was on camera like yeah. i think that was one of those he hadn't seen I the mean, tape yet or he got caught you know mm. Drake london sure looked like he was in a in a sad mood toward the end there sitting alone on the bench like i will also say drake london like there was the play I, so i think mohammed did you guys see mohammed sanu tweeting Mm-mm. all right so mohammed sanu like during the game like everyone was talking about it. like oh drake london give him a, throw him the ball whatever it's like but there were a lot of plays where like you have to like come to the ball you have to attack the ball or something like that what it tells me though is that drake london is kind of dejected almost to the point where he's not attacking the ball like he probably should, if that makes sense. Like, he just doesn't expect the ball to come to him at any point, so it's like, all right, whatever, and he just sort of, like, mails it in, and then the ball comes up, and he's like, and it's he's falling back instead of, like, going up and attacking the ball. And it's just, that's just what Mohamed Sanu was tweeting about. I mean, it's just, take that for what you will, but... I feel that way about Pitts, too. 
I talked about this even two weeks ago. Like, I think they're just routes he doesn't bother to finish. I think, like, he doesn't think it, the ball's going to come to him. So it's like, what what the hell am I doing? Sure. And also, like, I think that injury, you know, there's, he's, he, Arthur Smith basically admitted he's not fully healthy yet. And, like, I think that's real. And I don't know. It's just a mess because, I, like, if you're in a passing game where it's essentially not an NFL passing game, like, yeah, you're going to get sick of running, you know, you're running friends, all day. Yeah. Like, it's just logic. Um, yeah, it's not great. But it's also on the Falcons for not having more of a contingency plan. You know, like the, at some point, like Taylor Heineke is, you name, like Arthur Smith names him the starter before we even get to offseason activities. He's named the starter in what, April? You know, like that gave well, me a little bit more confidence in this dude. And maybe it's just because I'm on the flagship of the Falcons and I, it's my job to this. It's not my job to hype them up, but it's like, we talk about them so much and we read into all of this stuff and we have to get into all of these random storylines. Maybe we just sort of got bogged down in all of that. Um, it's been dejecting these last two weeks, but again, I, like the, that little raft in the middle of the ocean that I'm going to cling to is that we're, this team's two and two, everything's still in front of them. And, Look, the schedule opens up a lot. You played two playoff teams last the last two weeks. You got exposed. You looked bad. But you also looked pretty good the first two weeks, at least in spurts, not for full games. But that's all I have to cling to at this point. I'll, I'll push back. I I think Jacksonville might not be good, first of all. Mm. Um, I, I, I think Maybe. Jacksonville's not very good, and I think Detroit's defense – is not very good. We made their defense look a lot better than it really is. And they were also down multiple guys in that game and six points and seven points. Like, it's one thing if you got carved up by Trevor Lawrence and, you know, that Lions offense. That's not what happened. Like, that's not all what happened. The defense showed out in those games and the offense gave you no chance. And I think that that is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there, It matters how you how you win and how you lose. Um and I would feel a whole lot better if, like, you know, the offense kept them in games and, like, the Lions offense, which is one of the best in the league, carving them up. And Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley carved them up. I would feel better about this team now than if they scored 13 points in two weeks in games that were winnable. Like, you know, you, you don't – it's not even that they lost. It's just, like, how they've they've played. And we felt that, by the way in parts of the first two games too. That's part of it. They were down by 10 to Green Bay. They played horrible in the first half of that game. They were down at one point to Carolina, who might be the worst team in the league. It's, it's yeah, two and two, you're right. Like we said before the year, two and two is just fine after four. And it is just fine if they correct these things. But the way that they've gotten to two and two is is more worrisome than it could have been. It's an important week this week. It's a very important week this week. They need to come out and look good. And I think they need to silence some doubters very much. Um, and I think they need to silence some of their own doubts in their own head because it, it, there seems they seem to be doubting a lot of things in that locker room right now. It's a bummer, too, because I would love to be talking about how I think Ryan Nielsen might be that dude. Uh, He's been great. David and Yamada has also been very good, too. I mean, there are a lot of bright spots. They're a lot of team. It's just when you have a quarterback controversy, you have quarterback issues, it overshadows everything. You know, I, I talked to, uh, so Joe Patrick is our, our uh, Falcons insider. So he's up at Flowery Branch every single day, basically. Uh, and he posted all of our audio for the day. He's like, yeah, just full disclosure, every single clip in there is about Desmond Ritter. Nothing else. There's literally nothing else from the press conference that we got outside of Desmond Ritter. That was it. And there are so many good things about this team right now that we are just not talking about. Like, look, what, what, what are we? We're 30 minutes into this podcast. We've talked about Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter and then back to Desmond Ritter. Like, that's what we've done. And that is the state of this team right now. We have so many good things. Bijan Robinson looks like an all pro. You have potential pro bowlers on defense. You have Jesse Bates, who might be the best safety in football. Like, AJ Terrell looked pretty good outside of like a busted coverage or two. Like, all in all, like, this has been a very good team. You have a bad quarterback, and the quarterback play has been just terrible. And we spent the first thirty minutes of this podcast talking about it. I think there's a lot of things we could still harp on that's maybe positive. Like you kind of talked about the defense, but I mean, which 
position group has impressed you since we did not pod last week over the last two week which position group is impressing you more uh than maybe you had previously anticipated i think jesse bates might be like the best safety in the league and mm. I, 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 PFF graded him as has has him graded as the number one safety in the NFL right now. I didn't understand how good he was, um, mm. and I think the secondary in general might actually be a strength. Um, which, like, we were sitting here worried about the corners. Um, I'm not really that worried about the corners. Granted, like, I mean, Ridley Kirk Ingram is is a pretty solid, formidable passing game, and, and they did a good job there. They had the one bust on Ridley, which was a bummer, but they pretty, pretty could have easily had a sack there. Um, you know, Laporta carved him up. That's whatever, you know, that, that'll happen. Uh, you know, I think the defensive line has been good-ish. Um, I think the interior is a strength of the team. Um, I think the linebackers have been pretty good. I, you know, I, I, you know, it sucks losing Troy Anderson. Um, that's a huge bummer. But Landman's been better. Landman's that dude. Uh, you heard it here first. You were on that. I was on that. I was on that very early. Um, that's it. That's all I can muster. <laughs> I mean, Bijan, like, yeah, Bijan is like, Bijan's Bijan is the highlight for me. Like, uh, just, he's the dude, you know. And I would say, I would say, running back, just in general. I mean, they uh, they got silenced pretty effectively by Detroit, and that was mm. really disheartening, just in general. Because I, I, I really saw this team hanging their hat. Like when nothing else worked, I was like, hey, at least they can run the damn ball. <laughs> they didn't run the, the the ball at all. Like they didn't do it effectively at all against Detroit, you know. And like there was that time last year where the Falcons were in a deficit, they were in a hole, and then they ran the ball what sixteen times in a row last year. Where's that? Like this this offense looks like it's struggling right now, and it seems like they're not able to do that. Is that Desmond too? Like so let's let's talk about that because I I think I know why, or at least I have a theory as to why. So last game or last year. Mariota was bad. We know that, but his yeah, like probably. his like air yards per throw. What like he was like one of the like one of the deepest average depth of target quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So like you at least had to be prepared for the fact that he like he was going to to launch it, and the defenses couldn't just sit on these routes with Ritter. Like that's not his thing. Like he has one of the lowest depth of target yeah. in the in the NFL, and these defenses are just. They don't respect anything beyond 10 yards, right? So, like, there's just a spacing issue. And they would probably love to get the running game started and then work on, you know, play action from there, but they have to not because there's zero respect for the passing game beyond, like, six-yard curls. That's my theory, at least. Like, And the other part of it is Mariota was, like, a very active part of the running game. So... That's just harder to defend uh, than Ritter, who is. They had the 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 read option that he scored on against Green Bay, like that was cool. But he's not he's not Mariota with his legs. No, no, and I, I think I think that has a lot to do with it, just in general. Um, there's been a lot of disheartening things about this team this year. Um, there've been a lot of positives, I will say. I think the defensive line's been pretty good. Uh, I think that's been highlighted by the fact that David Onyemata's looked fantastic. I mean, the dude is, he's already got a sack and a half. He's got eight tackles. I mean, like, look, he, he's able to, he's been effective in run defense, and he's also been a, he's been able to get after the passer. I mean, the defensive line just in general has been, it's been a positive, you know, and it, and that's not something that we've been able to say for a very long time in Atlanta. Well, um, I think that's the highlight for me, right, is that Terry Fontenot has actually nailed free agency on the that, defensive side. That was side. his knock. Like, that was his thing. Like, yeah. I don't say knock. It was the, inver- the inverse of that. Mm. Uh, like that was the thing that he was he he hung his hat on at New mm. Orleans is the fact that he was the guy who comes in and makes all the free agency acquisitions. He's he was the pro scout, and it's something he's done very effectively here. And he yeah. he did it when he was on a hamstring budget, and it was one of the reasons why I was very bullish about him in general as as a general manager. Um, 
I think his drafting acumen has improved. Uh, I think it still has a little ways to go um, because, you know, I mean, like you've, you've, I think you're almost one for three in your first three draft picks in the first round. I, I'm not going to say that yet, but it's, it's not looking terribly good for your first pick um, with, with, with Kyle Pitts. And it's not, and that's not a knock on Kyle, the player. It's a knock on Kyle, the system fit to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and the fact that you look and you see a Penny Sewell, you see a Micah Parsons, you see everybody else. It's like his drafting skills that need a little bit of improvement. And look, I mean, like sometimes that just takes time, you know, and like he's like any coach, he's like any player. It's like sometimes you just need experience being the head guy and making the final decisions. But um, as far as his free agency acquisitions, he's done a marvelous job. Um, I think Jeff Okuda had a pretty solid day yesterday in the first time that we actually saw him play. Um, and I think his he, he's a high risk low reward or oh, excuse me opposite the the low risk high reward type of player uh and terry fine has been good at finding those kinds of guys and, and signing to a one-year deal and just sort of making it work i will say the um just one quick note on terry Fano drafting the london ebiketti uh ritter troy anderson start that we that we were all kind of high on like i was high on like four weeks ago sure looks a whole lot worse now than it did then yeah, uh, I was really, I was pretty jazzed about that draft uh, a month ago. Uh, I'm not like we, trading up for trading up trading up for Arnold Abiketti at the beginning of the second round and having him basically be like a situational pass rusher is a pretty big miss mm. uh, that isn't really getting talked about at all, and I I don't understand why. D'Angelo Malone, who has yeah, right. D'Angelo Malone in that same draft, by the way, can't can't find the field. Um, that's bad. That's that's not good. And we know his first draft was pretty bad. So like, mm, you know, not it's not not a great feeling. Um, he also kept Young around for this year, and that really I said in the off season he should have been cut. Like I saw it bubbling up in the off season. The number change. There were so many bad omens for Koo. Tenth on the list of of complaints right now. It tenth, is, but tenth I don't, doesn't even top twenty five, dude. Yeah, you're he's right. not good. It's over. Fine, it's okay, over. We have bigger problems than the kicker. having two tackles, and that those are his only. He's playing like twenty five percent of the snaps. It's bad. It's really bad. It's, also, Taquan Graham's been quietly really bad this year too, which is another okay. recent yeah, draft. I don't care about that. He was like a, he was like a fifth rounder. No, he was like third round, wasn't he? Ooh. Who did you say? Hold on, Taquan Graham? Graham was a third rounder, wasn't he? TQ was like a fourth or fifth round draft pick. He was he was I mean, fourth at worst. Hold on, this there he was definitely not fifth. He hold on, what was Taquan Graham? He was. Right here. Oh, never mind. I was wrong. Max is right. He was fifth Absolutely. round. That was my bad. W. Mm. There we I go. I thought he was third. Is Max back to number one or what? He's back to number one just for <laughs> his own sanity because the man is really going through it. The landman shout. That's the mm. highlight of the year so far. Um, Where do you think they're going to beat Houston on Sunday? No. Yes. I'm bullish, and I stay bullish. I, think I, I love Garrett's optimism. That's why we have I'm to have Garrett it to balance this out. Like Garrett's optimistic about it. And you know what it is, too? Garrett's watched a lot of Braves baseball lately, and he's just feeling really good about where the Braves are right now, and it's just sprinkling over onto the Falcons. And then you, uh, the combination, I'm worried about Garrett because I'm worried about what's going to happen the next couple of weeks when, I mean, we already saw the little bit with John Collins, like it's exciting to play with a team that likes to move the ball and play with one another. Um, and uh, DeAndre Hunter has that really weird answer to what he was working on uh, this summer and his workout videos. And then you have uh, Quinn Snyder having to try and get this group to all play the Quinn Snyder way. So the combination of Falcons football with Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Hawks trying not to uh, <laughs> implode early in the year um, is going to be going to be trying. So hopefully the Braves have a long run here because I'm I'm more nervous each and every day. And this season hasn't even started yet with the Hawks. I will say, kind of the spotless mind, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just uh, wipe my memory as best I can. Every I like single that. weekend, I sit Meta. down. <laughs> every single weekend, I sit down and I watch Michigan on Saturday and I watch mm-hmm. the Falcons on Sunday. And if you ask me. Which of those quarterbacks I would rather have for my team right now? It would be JJ McCarthy. I would rather have JJ McCarthy play quarterback for the Falcons next Sunday than Desmond Ritter. That's it. The, Desmond Ritter is broken. This man. 
he's I, I had season tickets through the Joey Harrington year. Like I've seen it all, but like this is worse. Joey Harrington was tough. That was no. Nah, I was more of a Chris Redman guy myself. He was kind of nice. What was the name of the? What was the name? Max of the Markovich guy? was like seven years old when Chris Redman was under center for the I Atlanta Falcons. Tickets. I was there. Uh, David Garrard. I remember the David Garrard era. Yeah, he right. was never a Falcon. He was. Was he really? For a cup of coffee in 2007. Hold on. They, 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 they traded him. They traded for him because Joey Harrington was so such David a bad Gerard, Joey Harrington. It was it's so bad. bad. Hold on. Did it, there's no in, picture like, of him in a Falcons uniform. This man never suited up for the Falcons. They brought up. No, was it? What was the name of the guy then? 2007. Wait, Are you talking about Byron Leftwich? Oh, oh, oh my goodness. I was like, what are you talking about? David Garrard was Byron never Leftwich. a Falcon. Y'all were like, I was like what are you talking about? Week nine or something in 2007 and was just a disaster. I remember all of that. No, I remember Byron Leftwich, the Atlanta Falcon Byron Leftwich. I was like, what are y'all talking about? Am I losing my mind? When was David Garrard a Falcon? Yeah, now Byron Leftwich, the Byron Leftwich, and it's 4.8 yards per attempt with the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> he went 0 and 2 as the starter, and he had 279 yards in two games. Oh man, he had this one is... touchdown and two interceptions. Oh god, this is bad. No, that whole season was one of the worst. But then the Falcons, like we had talked about, it's like then you just stumble into Matt Ryan, and the rest is history. But um, they oh, really oh, didn't have yeah, that big of a blip. Joey Harrington nearly had a one to one TD to interception ratio. I don't. I don't think Desmond is, is Desmond Ritter at one to one. Come on, come on. Oh, don't do that. I would take that year. Uh, that year, Joey Harrington. I mean, it's kind of funny we did the same thing with Marcus Mariota, another Oregon oh, Duck oh, wow, journeyman. Uh, oh, wow. Would you rather have Mariota this year? No. <laughs> no. No. Y'all, y'all are insane, man. I did, I said no. Crazy. I don't Yo, know why that's insane. Man. The no, offense was better last year. Look, he had two, two bad year. games. Let's let's why? breathe. Let's why give this man the offense. Well, better. you also got to remember their talent's not there. Like that's the other part of it. Where it's not like there's like this unlock thing where Bryce Young struggles and you're like, oh, I could still see him figuring it out with the worst core around him in the NFL. You don't have that upside with Desmond Ritter. You're kind of like, uh oh, <laughs> like there. This is really bad now, but like I don't think it can get that much better. Like you kept saying, high floor. Let's give him two more weeks. We'll see what we can say. It, like if if he looks bad next week, I'm. If he looks bad against Houston at home, I'm optimistic. He's undefeated at home. He's four and zero at home. That's right. true. Yes. Let's ride that hot hand. You know, next game is at home. Let's make it five and zero, and then we'll come back and have the same podcast. Houston at home. I am. If you lose to Houston, ugly. If they lose to Houston, like the Steelers just lost to Houston, pitchforks will come out. He scored fewer than than. I'll put the number at seventeen points. I'll I'll keep it low. If we score fewer than seventeen points, it's it's Heineke. Mm. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, well, we'll see. I I just think it's though that they need a big performance this weekend, and if it's another bad performance, if he if he plays like he did on Sunday or on Sunday morning. On this coming Sunday against against the uh, the Texans and no, then it's probably not it. Because who do we have after that? Commanders, uh, Commanders, Bucks, Titans. We have the worst yeah. schedule in terms of like it's winnable. Like this is yeah, this schedule is terrible. Also, like those teams are better than the. I mean, the Commanders, They're the Bucks, and the Titans. The Titans just beat the Bengals by twenty four. The Bucks are three and one and just ripped. Titans was a lower. Ryan Tannehill has a lower QB rating than Desmond Ritter does. But you and don't it, need it, it when Derrick Henry's out here throwing dimes in the backfield. Yeah, the best quarterback for them is Derrick Henry. Yeah. It's uh, a good game, so we're going to lose that one. I'm very excited. I think it's a tipping point. I can't wait for the pod next Monday because I think it's uh, we're either this is it. Desmond Ritter pulls out on on Sunday, then I'm I, I will be uh, you'll, you'll you'll hear it. Frustrated Garrett is not a fun Garrett. <laughs> no. I might bring popcorn next week. There you go. We'll see. Um, don't forget, folks, Mookie Betts and El Cy Young, as Garrett Chapman has said for the last, or in El Cy Young, in El MVP, as he said for the last few weeks um, privately in the group chat, where I was like, Garrett, that doesn't seem like an Atlanta Braves thing to. Um, they don't call him Garrett Plashke Chapman for nothing. Twitter for about five seconds. They'll, they've already seen how, how ludicrous the idea that Mookie Betts is even going to get a vote. 
for MVP. I mean, he a vote. Mookie Betts is really good. He's in that first in place. The second place. For, yeah, great. It, it's a yeah. unanimous MVP. It's unanimous. Mm-hmm. There's no question in my mind. Mookie Betts played second base and he opened up some options for the Dodgers, and that's fantastic. There's no, Max, there's no, this is no, sports radio Garrett. Have you ever listened nothing, to sports radio Garrett nothing, on the weekend? This is what nothing. he leads with. This is a different Garrett Chapman than we get on this podcast. Okay. He just started going down that rabbit Garrett hole. Garrett is, is a fun Garrett to be. I, I get fired up on my show. Man. I can feel it starting. That's what I'm saying. I can see it, it coming. And we're wrapping up the pod. We're not getting this thing started. So we're, well, we're shutting that you, down man, right now. The only, like, the next step is not winning the MVP. It's unanimous MVP, period. Like there's like Mookie has no, no claim. Period. If Mookie lives, if Mookie was in Atlanta and Ronald Acuna was out in Los Angeles, it's a unanimous MVP and it was Max, over. Lost in my, this was my fault. He's getting progressive. <laughs> I talk myself into it. He's uh he's getting fired like, up. Would this team be the fourth best team in the NFC with Kirk Cousins? Like maybe. I love I just, Kirk Cousins. Kirk it Cousins just stinks the, though that you can't make a deadline deal. That's what stinks, is that okay. you can't that the NFL doesn't do this, other than Carson Palmer. This is not something that ever happens. There's a guy just sitting out there. He, You're not he, doing it for a quarterback. You're he helped lead a team to a Super Bowl sitting out there in free agency. Carson Wentz, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to ruin Garrett Chapman. Garrett Chapman, Max Markovich, always a pleasure. I'll talk to y'all next week. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.